This podcast is sponsored by RSA Rock and Metal Fans Facebook page. Is is it a is it a, a normal thing for um, you to be um, awake this early in the morning on a on a weekend on a Saturday? Being a musician and everything. <clears throat> um, only when I have stuff to do. Uh, <laughs> not, not really. I, I really like but uh, it, it it depends. It's it's really weird. It's like some days when like you know you don't have stuff to do it's like i I sometimes like when i want to sleep in you know it's like especially when i have the desire to sleep in then i i wake up and it's just like oh god i feel refreshed wait it's 6 30 in the morning i want to (laughs) (laughs) and i guess it's not not as easy as getting up uh this early in the morning if you've done a a show the night before right (coughs) oh no that's uh (laughs) that's that's not gonna happen (laughs) That, um, I'll, I'll give you a little story about that. Uh, we we played a show in Murfreesboro, North Carolina, and we drove three hours to the hotel. It was like three in the morning when we got out of the venue, and we drove west, and we got to our motel, and we were only able to sleep for 45 minutes because we we got there like at 6 a.m. So we slept 45 minutes, woke up, and then drove another six hours to Nashville, Tennessee. So like by the time we got to that show, like we were like, we were fucking zombies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit, no, no, that's that, yeah. That's why I don't don't envy musicians when it comes to touring and and driving out of, I guess out of state and flying here and flying there sounds fantastical but it really isn't no no it's not all it's cracked up today i mean sometimes it's great um you know and then sometimes you know you get 45 minutes to sleep and oh. then it's not so great how do, how, do, how do you function is, is it is it like um, almost like muscle memory you know what i mean it's like your body knows that okay we only got 45 minutes okay let's pull some resources from this kidney to serve that one or something uh yeah it's pretty much you know your body telling you to f off and you and your brain saying no oh, oh man you can swear you can you, you can swear on this podcast you, you're good to go oh, man. oh awesome all right so then let me amend my statement <laughs> for the program it's like your body telling you to Fuck off! And, <laughs> <laughs> your brain. And, and your brain's sitting there, just like, no, you got to keep going. That's insane, yeah. though, because I mean, it's 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 not good for your health. Though. No, no, it's, it's it's not good for your health. Um, but I guess, like you said, it's, I, you know, well, like I said earlier, it's probably just muscle memory, and and I guess if you're young enough, you can. I mean, I'm, I remember doing it for days on end, not, not getting any sleep whatsoever. But now, close to 50, I'm like, fuck no. I mean, the last night, for example, three bottles of wine and a bottle of champagne. And I kind of remember the last hour of the evening. And oh, I'm, wow. I'm hung like a motherfucker today, let me tell you. <laughs> I still am, and it's nearly like, it's, it's 12 o'clock here in the afternoon, and I'm, I'm feeling like a horse shit, really. Not good. That's not good. I, I don't miss those days. I've been uh, I, I've been I've been sober for about three years, but I oh. believe me, I, re- I relate to you. <laughs> oh wow! What what uh, what was the decision on that then? Um, life choices. Um, you know, uh, some medical stuff. Um, basically, it was just a, a scare. That was pretty much it. Right. Like you know, if you, if you keep 
you know, doing what you're doing, then uh, your liver is going to become pate and you're going to die. And it's like, okay, well, I don't want that. <laughs> was it, was it, were you living the rock and roll life, you know, that everybody expects? Not really. I mean, that, even the rock and roll life, I mean, it's not really, that, that's not all it's really cracked up to be, especially now. Oh my mm. God. Like it's half, half the stuff that you could do then. I mean, you, you couldn't even dream of getting away with now, but <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah. No, no. Jesus. You can't get away with anything these days because there's so many scares and so many medicines that you have to take and not have to take, but there's so many things, you know, telling you not to do this and not to do that. Is, has the world gone fucking mad? You know, everything's um, going to be so PC, you know? Oh God. Um, <laughs> well, uh, uh, I don't know what it is. It's you know, my, my take on it is I, I think because musicians and like, you know, it, anyone in the entertainment industry you're constantly on stage you know now that we have you know cell phones with mm. you know video capabilities you know it's very easy to just whip out a cell phone point it at someone and you know say say you catch someone on a bad day yeah. well then that bad day becomes front page news mm. and it's like you're not allowed that front you know that bad day yeah. and it really just it creates a very stressful situation it's just like okay i need to watch what i say 150 percent of the time if and that's and that's not easy <laughs> no it's it's not easy at all especially you know especially being a new yorker are you kidding me i i use the word fuck like a punctuation point and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant yeah so so it's like you know i i, I remember one show i did um it was uh I think it was also Murfreesboro, North Carolina, and uh, you know that part of the state is very that that part of the country, I should say, is very religious. So you know, I'm talking like you know, like my regular self, you know, because mm. you know I'm from New York. I don't think anything of it. Yeah. I think I'm, I I think I might have said fuck at least like six times, and like I was talking to this one guy who was like literally staring at me like I was the Antichrist or something. <laughs> Like, uh, it's just like, you know, you kind of look at me and then I kind of like switched, you know, my lexicon, you know, realizing, you know, what part of the country I'm in. It's like, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm making Oops. this guy really uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. <Oopsie. laughs> yeah. You know what I find amazing is that the media side of the world has also gone tits up because they just mm. report everything that is bad and as, oh, I know it's all for ratings and viewer ratings and you know clickbait and and whatever else. But I just I, I find myself getting more and more not watching and not looking at news anymore and not following people who sprout shit like that. As I like like particularly with uh, your president now it's, it's been fucking is is has he has he got COVID? Hasn't he got COVID? You know who gives a fuck if he's got COVID or not? I I mean. Look, if we're, if we're going to go political here... I no, think. let's not. No, no, no. Fuck that. No, 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 no. Because that, that's a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous road because oh, our, I, our, our political situation in South Africa is completely fucked up. We would have Trump over anybody else, believe me. <laughs> nah, I, I mean, look, I'll, I'll, I'll say this much, you know. I, if you're a close friend of mine, um, you know, I, I don't really... You know, I was always raised never, you know, bring up 
politics and religion in polite conversation. And Absolutely I, I, correct. I yeah. that, you know, I, I take that, you know, to stride, especially with, with music and especially with that stuff. I, I You won't see me on an NPR. You won't see me on a thing talking about politics. or whatever. Because, mm. look, I'm a musician. I'm not a politician. You know, yeah. I know that, you know, anything you bring up to me about politics, yeah, I, I could – I could shit out ideas just like anyone else, but it's like I don't know the intricacies behind them. You know, mm. I don't know what's what's going on. I I never had any aspiration to have a career in politics. I kind of, you know, like I said, you know, close people will know my political affiliation, yeah. um, and my beliefs, and other stuff, and you know, the the general public. I, I keep my music, my music. You know, it's a yeah, chep- absolutely it's a correct. Yeah, it's a separation of church and state. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I yeah. There you go. There you go. Now, so fuck politics and fuck religion. We're not talking about that shit today. Okay, so let's <laughs> let's talk about the music scene in New York. Okay, because a lot of my listeners, well, I would say ninety percent of my listeners are from South Africa, and we have an inkling of um, you know what the scene is in America. But what's the scene in in New York? Well, um, the scene in New York is. Well, was I should say um, before COVID, um, it was very. I, I I really don't know how to describe it. You know, at one point back in the day, you know, it was very strong. But you know, you have these these different groups. Um, you know, you have the New York hardcore um, fans who are probably you know some of the most loyal music fans like they will you know go to the ends of the earth <laughs> you know for the bands that they support and then you have you know the New York rock scene which you know you have some people in there who would sell their grandmother down the river for a nickel so <laughs> it's <laughs> you know yeah it's it, it, it's it's hard to it's hard to describe um you know the the bands that are actually out there and doing stuff, you know, it, it kind of get a mixed reaction. You know, you have some people who sit there and, you know, are genuinely supportive and genuinely happy for them and, you know, also strive to reach that same level. And then you have another group of people who kind of rationalize success and are envious of, you know, going through and doing something. And it's like they, they come up with reasons and there's a lot of shit talking and a lot of other stuff that there is. It's like, you know, it's yeah. funny because it's like, you know, the rumor mill me is more interesting than fucking the real me. You know, because the rumor mill me sounds like a, they make me have to be like a fucking James Bond villain. You know, like... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know? your, your name is James, so we'll just go with that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, listen, I I I love films. I'm I'm a, I'm a big movie buff. <laughs> <laughs> um, punk was um, very big in in New York. I mean, that's where it all basically kicked off in America, wasn't it? In in New York. Um, I guess so. I'd I'd have to look at the history books because I think. Wasn't wasn't New York and London kind of going off at the same yeah, time? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, the Sex Pistols made it uh, very sort of popular, if I could if I could say that. But I think <laughs> I think New York had a a much more heavier um, edge to it compared to the rest of the world that was punk scene. Because I'm only, the only reason why I'm talking about punk is because you talk about New York and talk about music and you think like Beastie Boys. You start thinking about um, rap and 
and and you know big massive ghetto glasses and you just think you know okay uh, well i think at least myself personally i just think led zeppelin at the madison square gardens and i just think about all these things that happen in new york that were so musically massive isn't do you find it sort of like is it diluted now too much or you know is it is there too much going on is there not enough support or, or? Um, there is support for it it's just harder to get people to give a shit. <laughs> okay, know? so you guys are going through exactly the same thing that the rest of the world's probably going through. Because I, f- mm-hmm. I find getting people to go to a concert or something or a, or a show or something is now an impossible. Everybody's got their fucking smartphones out and they can call up a video within a second. Why must I get in my car and drive 45 minutes to a show? Well, yeah, it, it's... You know, I, I always say that social media has, you know, made, you know, antisocial people, you know, better at being antisocial. You know, isn't, isn't that a, isn't that a, what they call a juxtaposition? That's, yeah, it's an oxymoron. Oxymoron, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's social media and it's, you know. It's made everybody antisocial. <laughs> yeah, it's made everyone antisocial. It's done, it's done more to make us more distant. I mean, like, I, I see it all the time, you know, people sitting there, you know, across the table from each other on their phones, mm. texting each other. It's mm. like you're right across from each other. Yeah, put put like, your fucking phone down and look at each other and speak. Yeah, it's like, and it's the same thing with uh, with going to a concert. It's like, listen, yeah. it's one thing, you know, uh, from two ends as a music lover it's one thing to watch a video i mean i get it if you're not there you're watching something from halfway across the world like yeah of course you know watch it from a video but like if this is a concert that's 30 minutes from your house that you could have gone to this show Mm. and instead you're staying at home you know trust me go out Netflix is still going to be there. Pornhub will <laughs> fucking still be online when you get home. Like, seriously. Yeah. Live a little. not going Jeez. away. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I just think it's it's amazing when when I go even even small shows like you know 30 40 people they're really intimate sort of show you see people on their phone recording you know it's like why don't you just put your phone down and just listen to the music and enjoy it um, do you get that a lot at, at the at rider shows I do get that a lot um, there are people although I will say a lot of our shows too you have a you have a smattering like you have a smattering of people with their phones out recording um you know but every single one of them have been absolutely respectful i've never had a bad experience with any one of them so it's not like you know rob halford you know <laughs> kicking some i'm not kicking people's phones you know yeah I'm, yeah I'm not, I'm not, i've never had to do that nor will i ever do that um you know they um you have a smattering of people who, who film and then you have other people who are just kind of into it and like I've noticed a weird phenomenon at our shows is like you know in the beginning you'll have some people you know they'll record like the first song or two and then midway through the set then they put the phone down mm-hmm. and then they start getting into the music right. and it's like you know I love seeing that because it's like okay you know now you're feeling it now you're you're not looking at me you know through a you know a two inch screen here or however big you know yeah. your phone is i mean i guess of a two-inch screen you know I, I i guess you better get a better job and get a better phone <laughs> but um <laughs> you know um, <laughs> you know but uh 
you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's great to see that, you know, like uh, people just getting into the music, you know, putting yeah. the technology down and just experiencing music as an experience instead of just, you know, something that you can just watch through a screen. <laughs> okay, let's, let's talk about um, your band, Ryder, um, and, and the album Killer Karma. Um, when was that? Was it was it released this year? Yes, it came out on August fifth of this year, which okay. is coincidentally the band's four year anniversary. Uh, four years. Yep. One album. Fuck, that's a lot of paying your dues. <laughs> one one year, four years, one album. Uh, our first, wow. well, one stu- one studio album. We had a uh, we had a live EP come out before that, which kind of helped us out, and then. In our early days, you know, we, 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 just like any other band, we did some demos that we had out for a period of time. And, you know, then once we listened back to them and we were just like, oh, wow, um, we, we, we need better musicians on here. And <laughs> to make this sound better, you know, we stopped releasing the demos and standing up hidden in the Ryder Vault. You know, we never <laughs> see the light of day ever again. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, we, we started off with a live EP, and this is the, our first uh, studio album. It's uh, 10 songs, and we even did two acoustic B-sides, which came out as singles. So, okay. uh, yeah. Um, um, when you sent it to me, I was like, okay, let's see what New York has to offer. And, and soon as, as soon as he sent it to me, and I, I think I still replied to you, I said, oh, this is right up my alley, hard rock. Now, I, I, I love hard rock. And when I, when I played um, the first track, Hard Time, I was like, "Damn it! This is now. This is good. Now this, this, this I can get into. I mean, I get into all the all the podcast musicians that you know send me the stuff. I, I love the music. It's fucking brilliant. But hard rock and and uh, just the, the the genre metal I can get into very easily. Hard time for me. The opening track is a fucking great track. What a way to open up an album, you know? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, no, it's good, man. I I, I love it." I like the album, but the question that I have is: Rock and Roll Dead? Is Rock and Roll Dead? Um, no, 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 no. I'll quote my song. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, no, no, Rock and Roll is not dead. Rock and Roll, uh, Rock and Roll is a lifestyle um, as well as a genre. It's the only way Rock and Roll is is gonna be dead is you know when people truly stop giving a shit. <laughs> And there are a lot of people like yourself and like other people I've talked to that are passionate about Mm. rock music, that Mm. are, you know, real, that that do love this genre and, you know, are immersed in this genre. And it's like, no, it's not going to be dead. I mean, yeah, you know, you'll have moments where, you know, it's not, you know, the the preferred genre to listen to, but it it doesn't mean that it's going to be... You know th- that it's going to die off and go away. There's still people who care. So I, I, I say rock and roll is only dead when people stop giving a shit. <laughs> good. good. Well, let's make sure that everybody keeps giving a shit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, James, I, I wanted to um, go back to the, the early days of um, uh, your how uh, you started um, picking up the guitar and singing. How did, how did that all happen? Oh, wow. Um, <clears throat> well, I started off before I picked up the guitar, I uh, I played saxophone for a number of years. Wow! Um, okay. You know, I played I played jazz. I did one year alto and eleven years um, 
tenor wow. sax. Okay. You know, so so very very different. You know, I was I, that that's kind of how I learned. You know, the the jazz method, uh, perfectionist. You know, do, does get, does that does that aid the whole rock and roll sort of um, writing a lot? Does does it help it? Um, it do, it, it actually does. Um, you know, when when you're stuck in a key and you're just like, okay, well, you know, where the fuck do I go from here? You know, it's good to know. You know, you're. It's good to know, uh, you know, your notes and, you know, know how to how to compose and how to do that type of stuff. So, yeah, it, it definitely, it doesn't hurt. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I'm just, I just find it interesting that, you know, you started out doing jazz and then went into rock. I mean, is that a natural progression? Um, yeah, um, you know, yeah, it was, well, it's it's funny because, you know, rock and roll in itself is, is a combination of, jazz and blues so it's kind of like you know that was like one of the genres that it just yeah and, and i had listened to rock you know like even while i was playing saxophone you know just because right. i wasn't playing rock doesn't mean that i wasn't listening to it so it's like i don't know just something kind of clicked off in my head mm. that i wanted to pick up the guitar um you know and i i, I ended up doing it i believe it's actually funny because I, um, you know, I, I'm a very big pro wrestling fan, and okay. I, I can I can pinpoint <laughs> the exact moment where, where I wanted to pick up the guitar. I was watching, I believe it was WrestleMania 17 when Motorhead played Triple H in the ring, and that was the first time I'd seen Motorhead. Wow. And I was just like, "Wow, that's cool! I want to do that." And I became, <laughs> you know, not only did you know was I a wrestling fan, I became a Motorhead fan, and then I just kind of went down that rabbit hole and discovered other bands with that genre. And it was just like, "Yeah, no, I I want to play guitar." And, you know, I um, I worked all summer as a pool attendant, and saved up for my first Gibson Les Paul, and. Wow, I was just going to ask you, what way can you remember your first purchase? Wow, okay, Gibson, what a, what a way to start. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I, I always heard that that was the best brand. Um, you know, it's, obviously I didn't talk to someone that was strat heavy. Um, I talked to someone that, you know, that liked Gibson. And, yeah, I worked all summer as a pool attendant. And Most people know, buy a shitty beat-up piece of crap to start off with, but you go ahead and buy a fucking Gibson. Yeah, well, not, excuse me. Not not a high end Gibson. It was a it was a Les Paul studio. I again I worked as a pool attendant. You know I was I wasn't working as a uh, as a towel boy. I wasn't getting the right. Know? Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. that which is, I mean like I said what a way to start. I mean you can't you can't get any uh, any better than that. But I mean you know you got to start somewhere right. So. So, what do you recall how you learned to play it? For the first few months, I was self-taught. Um, it was very much, you know, just figuring out finger positions and other stuff. And then later on, I took lessons for a few months, you know, to kind of, kind of strengthen my get rid of the bad habits and strengthen the good habits because you know that that's always that's always the drawback with being self-taught is that, you know, you, it, it's awesome for creativity, you know, you learn different things and you learn unorthodox ways of going about things, yeah. but you also pick up a lot of bad habits, mm. <laughs> and, you know, that's that's kind of the drawback, so it's like, you know, I, I guess my, uh, you know, to conclude my TED talk on, on being self-taught, <laughs> um, take lessons, get rid of the bad habits, you know, it'll, it'll only make you a better player. Okay, okay, so what, what was the... 
What was the first band that you were in then? Oh, God, I, I was in high school. Um, it was one of one of my classmates. It was uh, it was a three piece project, and we basically because he was a Green Day fan, and you know he had said I was very self conscious about singing. I didn't start singing until much later. So I was only playing guitar at that point, and right. you know I, I had this other guy singing, and he was a big Green Day fan, you know, like in My Chemical Romance, like that mm-hmm. genre, you know. Of, yeah, of no, stuff. We, we learned a lot of Green Day. Um, we learned every record from Kerplunk to 21st Century Breakdown, and we butchered them vocally. And it was <laughs> <laughs> looking, looking back on it now, it was like, and I still remember those songs today. Um, you know, I'm, that's that's why, you know, certain Green Day stuff, it's like, as soon as I hear it, I'm just like, God, I know the chords. I know, <laughs> I, I know all of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, besides uh, um, being in, in high school bands, which I guess is everybody's natural sort of Kind of PTSD. Kind of PTSD. What was what was that that seminal moment that you had that sort of said, okay, fuck it, I'm gonna do my own band and just call it my surname. Oh man. Uh, (laughs) Well, I was in a project um, towards the end of twenty, like mid twenty sixteen. Um, you know, I, I was working with uh, three other people that, you know, we, we just had different philosophies. You know, they, they wanted to do one thing. You know, they were passionate about other things. And, you know, I was very much, you know, no, gotta, let's grab the brass ring. Let's do this. Got to do this. And, you know, keep moving forward, you know, get your head out of your ass and, you know, stop. Stop being stupid. You know? <laughs> so, get rid of those uh, bad habits. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, get rid of those bad habits. You know, the problem is if they got rid of their bad habits, you know, they'd be jumping in front of a bus. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but <laughs> sorry, a little bit of dark humor. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> so suicide is not the answer. Do no, it is not. Say, do you not take what I'm saying seriously. Yeah, please, please don't. Yeah, yeah, I, exactly. Please, I mean, please, please disclaimers, wave. disclaimers, disclaimers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, please, yeah. please waive Trev and myself of all legal liability. We're nice guys. We, we don't mean what we say. <laughs> 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 but, um, yeah. A- anyway, uh, t- get- getting back on track with the <laughs> with the thing. Um, yeah, no, it just it wasn't a right fit, and you know there was it, it was kind of a nasty breakup, and it was uh, you know a lot a lot of resentment, and you know at the time not so much anymore. I- I've I've spoken to him since, and it's okay. it's water it's water under the bridge. Yeah. It um, happens, but you know. Yeah, but you know, at the time it was just you know it was it was pretty bad at the time, and you know, I, I one comment that uh, you know one of them said to me is like, listen, you know, maybe you should form your own solo project, and maybe you should do your own thing, you know. Okay. And, and it was kind of said passive <laughs> aggressively. It, it was almost like you know, like what was it, Keith Moon telling Jimmy Page, you know, the, the mm. blood comment, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
it was kind of like one of those things. It's like, oh, all right, motherfucker, I'll show you. <laughs> I'll you show know? you. Which isn't really the greatest mentality to start a band. You know, you shouldn't start a band and you, 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 you know, hey, motherfucker, I'll show you. It's more, hey, I want to create music. But, you know, thankfully down the line, you know, as this journey has progressed, you know, that mentality has shifted, you know, thankfully very early. And, um, yeah, it was just like one of those things of like, you know, I didn't know what to do. And, you know, I contemplated, like, you know, like, do I want to still keep doing music? Do I still keep on and doing this? And it's like, you know, I thought about it after a few days. I'm like, wait a second, I'm not going to let three other guys determine what I do. If I'm, if, if I decide to go out, I'm going to go out on my fucking terms. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So it was kind of like, that was kind of the spirit behind it. And, you know, life works in a funny way because I was thinking about doing a, uh, a solo band and then we just became a band. I found the right people, you know, and it's just, you know, this, this isn't, even though the band's called Ryder, it's not a solo band. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, is, is it a, is it a control thing for you to sort of like path your own destiny kind of vibe? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a control thing, you know, and, and, and sometimes it's great, and other times it's, you know, other times it's bad, and, you know, as, you know, if, if I knew the stuff I knew now, if I could talk to, you know, myself from four years ago, you know, I, one of the things I'd tell them is, look, give up all this baggage, just stop holding on to all this stuff and using this negativity, and, you know, doing it for, stop doing this for spite, <clears throat> you know, do it, do it for yourself. <laughs> was there a um, sort of like a moment you said uh, to yourself, well, shit, maybe this is not going to work? Uh, in the early days, there were, there were a few moments. It, it, it was very tough. You know, we had, we had some negative backlash um, in, in the early days and it was, it was very hard for us um, to do shows and, to do other stuff so we um it was weird because you know because of the old bands breakup we uh we didn't really have many options you know within our home state within new york so we actually Ryder actually had to start in new jersey our first show was actually in new jersey <laughs> jeepers okay why is that so, though uh, just a lot of scene drama, a lot of other stuff at the time. Right. You know, it, it was it was just a, a lot of things, and you know, uh, again, you know, cer certain comments and certain things were said, and right. you know, oh well, you, you don't have any. I remember, I remember what the person said. You know, uh, you know, uh, I, and, uh, I'm paraphrasing because it's you know it's yeah, four yeah. years ago. Sure. And I'm still on my first cup of coffee. <laughs> But um, <laughs> and what is it? Six o'clock in the morning or something silly like that? It's it's a quarter to seven. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, one of, one of the comments someone said was, uh, you know, oh well, as as far as I've seen, you have absolutely no support in the music scene here whatsoever. So if you want to start some somewhere, if you want to start somewhere else, that's up to you. But remember, what's a band without fans? And it was a very condescending, very patronizing way to, you know, say that to me. Wow. Again, it was like, oh, all right, well, what, what's a band without fans? A, a fucking start. That's what that is. <laughs> <I mean, laughs> You've got to start somewhere, right? 
Yeah, you know, and we, you know, at the time it was like, look, New Jersey was open to us and we were able to cut our teeth and we met a lot of cool people out that way. And it's like, you know, as much as we're, you know, Queens, New York, um, you know, represented, you know, we, we were a New York band that, that cut our teeth in New Jersey. So we, we it kind of it, it kind of makes for an interesting story. Mm, it sure does. I want to find out now if um, if you guys are signed to any record label or anything like that. No, we are not signed to any record label. This um, is a common are... thing that I'm finding more and more people that I'm chatting to. They are not keen on signing with big labels or they rather do everything in-house, do it themselves. Well, I'll be honest with you. I, when Killer Karma uh, was finished, uh, we had produced and engineered it with anthony esposito right who is, I, I read that earlier yeah that's that's an i mean jeepers this is not just anybody this is you know fairly he's done what lynch mob ace fraley uh, and so on yep and yeah we we worked with him on that and we had roger leon who you know used to work at master disc who pretty much mastered wow you know ev like pan pantera's entire catalog like you're talking heavy hitters yeah like, yeah he worked on mastering a lot of records and you know we worked with them on that and you know we we tried pitching it out to a few record labels and they they didn't see it they they didn't mm. get it um it was just for them they they looked at the numbers or like oh well your instagram numbers aren't high and your mm. your facebook numbers aren't high and you know they, they, why they the fuck is that a prerequisite though to signing somebody because, the, well, isn't it they get more people in to to fucking like the band anyway? Well, that that's the thing that that I don't get is that you know these numbers, you know, let, let's be honest here, the, these Facebook numbers or these Instagram numbers, they're just numbers. It doesn't mean exactly. it doesn't mean that that they're, that all of these people are going to show up to your shows. Exactly, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I said that doesn't count for shit. Oh. Which I, I don't, I, yeah, no, I, I, I could fucking rant about this now, but I, I'm not going to do that for my own fucking sake. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I mean, I, I get it. I mean, I do distribution for a couple of bands and stuff like that, and it's only distribution. And, and some of the bands are like, well, we need somebody to do PR and all this sort of stuff. And so, well, you can go to somebody that does PR and they can do your distribution for you as well. You know, I'm, you know I'll, I'll tell you exactly who I use and, and what I use. I'm, I'm you know, very transparent with with the artists that I deal with. Well, but, well, it sounds like we're going to have to have a sidebar conversation off the record because I'm I'm definitely we are indie and you know we would I'm actually it's funny you mentioned you do this show because I'm looking for a way because we have you know thanks to uh, Catherine from CJC yeah, and all yeah. the amazing work she's done for us um, since the pandemic has started. Um, you know, she really got us out to a lot of markets, and, and I have a lot of people who constantly hit me up. Hey, you know, how can I get a physical copy of a CD? How can I get your music? How can I get physical copies of your music? I don't want to listen to you on Spotify. Fuck Spotify. If I was, you know, a, uh, if I wanted to give you a 30 second of a cent, I mean, Jesus. Yeah, you know? I know. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, sir. I mean, I just need to clarify when I do when I say distribution, I don't talk about physical copies. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about oh. um, digital distribution. 
Yeah. Oh. Yeah, no, I wish I wish I had um, <laughs> the financial backing to actually do proper physical um, production. But these things are, are relatively cheap to do yourself, aren't they? I mean, the equipment to to do it's available. They are. It, it, it is cheap. To, it is. I guess it's time, isn't it? it? Time and also international shipping costs. Because mm-hmm. I've had a lot of people sit here too. Hey, you know, I wanna. You know, uh, can you ship me a CD? I'm like, yeah, I could ship you a CD, but you're going to be paying double the price of the mm-hmm. CD because, you know, the, the United States Postal Service and, you know, DHL, unless you're, yeah. you know, unless you have an account with them, you're not really getting a deal no, on doing not that. not at all. And, no. uh, so what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to find ways to maybe work with people, find people in-house. Um, right, right you know and and kind of work with them partner with a few people and have them kind of be so print locally in the country that the people are representing you and and ship for you yep. and all that sort of stuff yep. and ship for yeah. and ship for us and, and do that and just make it well more i think I, I think there i think there are uh, companies that uh, pr companies there in south africa that do that i mean i can rattle off a couple of them you know quite easily so i'm, I'm sure that they are they do that for for artists. Yeah. 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 We'll have we'll have a chat after after recording. Definitely. <laughs> I'm I'm surprised. Uh, does does Catherine not uh, from CJC do that uh, on her side in the UK? Um. Well, what Catherine mainly focuses on is she does um, you know radio programs. Oh yes. To, yes. to the to the internet station. Right. Right. All all of that and you know so, and occasionally sets up interviews like what we're having right, right now okay um <laughs> so yeah i mean that's that, yeah, her it's it's a lot of work eh? oh yeah oh yeah just, I just to get the hands on to to radio stations fuck it is hard work oh trust me and, and that's one of the things i've always said to Catherine too is you know because she's even said before she's like you know you're so easy to work with it's so like you you want to actually do stuff it's like yeah no i'm, I'm not gonna like just sit here <clears throat> and be like okay Catherine, do your job yeah. i'm gonna sit here and drink coffee and, and, and wait know, for the muffins and you know yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just wait. Not work like that my friend no, no, I, I want to be a part of stuff. And, and one of the things I always ask people is, you know, what can I do for you? You want me to do a spot take for your show? You know, the whole, you know, this is James Ryder from Ryder, and you're listening to Talk to Trev podcast on such and such radio. Like, I've done a million of those. And, like, you know, it's like, listen, I can bang those out in, like, a few seconds. Like, you tell me what you need, you know, because you're helping me get myself out there so whatever i can do for you yeah so the future of rider amongst covid and all the bullshit that's going on what what's when are the when are the shows happening again and all that sort of stuff <laughs> you tell, you, you, you That's tell about me. the same response I get every time. I ask that yeah. What? When? When? When are the shows happening? Um. Well, it got better. Um, you know, just just to give your listeners a little insight on you know what's been going on here. Um, New York was one of the hardest hit during the beginning of the pandemic um we were the original hotspot, and 
you know, uh, it's very controversial depending on what your political beliefs are. You know, me personally, I'll, I'll give you a little insight, and I don't normally do this. I actually like how uh, Governor Cuomo has handled, um, you know, the whole handling of the situation, and he was able to flatten the curve, and he was able to get us at one of the lowest infection rates in the country so we went from being the hardest hit highest numbers to now you know being probably one of the safest places to be well now that you know it's starting to get colder here and you know things are starting to become a little bit more lax the numbers are starting to creep back up here um last week we had a three point we went from a less than one percent infection rate to a 3.5 percent infection rate and it's starting to creep up. The schools are opening. It's getting colder. This is virus season. You're also competing with the flu, too. So it's like you have COVID and you have the flu. And it's like, and it's really hard to distinguish because there's still a lot of unknown about COVID. You don't know. Like, you can't even trace where you can get it from. <laughs> you know? So it's, yeah, it's just as hard as it is. And believe me, I want to play shows do that and there are other parts of the country are open who are having shows regardless of you know of guidelines and you know we've, we've had offers to go to those states and to do those shows and believe me it would be very easy to do that but the hardest thing would be coming back to New York because we would have to do a mandatory quarantine for two weeks um, and God forbid we even bring the virus back into New York. I mean, for, I, forget music, forget all of that. Just as a human being, like I in good conscience couldn't do that to people. Because it passes on so bloody quickly. Yeah, you, I mean, yeah. Look, look at our president. Look at look at the whole look at the whole thing. You know, that's it, literally within a week. You know, it, it's just less than a week. You know, since. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, and you had that whole thing last weekend. It's uh, actually it's a week to the day of of the service, and now look at who's sick. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so for humanity's sake, stay at home, be healthy, and don't be an idiot. Yeah, just look. Uh, all, all, <laughs> good all, luck with the last part. <laughs> yeah, I just, there's too many fucking the idiots out there. Good luck. Good luck with the oh look, the bus is coming down. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it's hard. Let me step in front of it and have a look. See. <laughs> so, Don't but, be but an no, idiot. <laughs> yeah, but but no. Here, here's here's the thing. Um, you know, as far as being an idiot or doing whatever, there's a lot of misinformation, mm. and that that's the problem of it. it. It's not so much people being idiot. It's people not knowing what to believe and and you know to a degree i can i can sympathize because it's like you really don't know what the media you have to take things with a grain of salt yeah. you know it, it don't you know and obviously you know I'm not, I'm not a QAnon conspiracy theorist or anything here you know i'm not, I'm not that crazy but yeah. you know the thing with the media is you always have to take things with a grain of salt. I, I always believe in this saying, you know, there's three sides to every story. There's side A, there's side B, and then there's the truth. And the only, you know, the only th entity that's going to know the truth would be, you know, God, the force, or whatever you believe in. Yeah. Um, 
you know it, it's that you know everything else always has like that subjective opinion to it. Yeah. the thing with COVID is there's been so much misinformation you know in during the pe- beginning of this pandemic you had people rushing to the stores stockpiling on fucking toilet paper what the fuck you know yeah and, and this disease doesn't make you shit yourself <laughs> but people were but people were were stockpiling on toilet paper <laughs> and it's just like you know panic buying and it's like okay well, really that's... toilet paper people what are you gonna toilet do paper. fucking eat it yeah well i i guess so because you know it's i don't know what they what they did with the rest i mean we didn't have to use the toilet paper they're good for the next fucking you know year or two <laughs> So, but but it's like, yeah, it was toilet paper was one of those things, and you know, you have people sitting there. Is COVID? You won't believe how many people have asked me, "Is COVID real? Is COVID? Is COVID really real?" And I tell them all the time, "Listen, my my mother's aunt and uncle died from COVID. They were in their nineties. They died from COVID. My dad had COVID and recovered." But so it's, it's hit home so, big time. Yeah, it is COVID real. Absolutely. Yeah, fucking right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So, James, what is uh, what is the the future other than the shows? Um, is there going to be another twenty twenty one record or LP or EP or? Um, I don't know about an LP or, or an EP or any of that stuff. I, I think we're going to ride out Killer Karma. We're going to get that out. Um, I, I think most of our focus is going to be, you know, international expansion, you know, talking to people like you, mm-hmm. you know, starting to get, you know, get our ducks in order. So, uh, you know, when when countries do finally allow, you know, people from the United States within their borders, you know, once once we stop spreading the pestilence, you know, yeah. then, <laughs> then then we can, you know, hopefully come and tour and yeah, but it'd be great if, if, if um, at some point, you um, could come up to South Africa. I know uh, you'd be very, very welcome here. And there's a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, bands that would be able to support uh, the hard rock genre that you're uh, that you're in and support the album and so on. Um, yeah, I, I would, lo- I would love to come to South Africa. You know, the only problem is, is uh, you know, find, yep. finding someone, to, finding someone to help bankroll that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's not some of the some of the people that I've spoken to I do that. They do events and and um, we, one of the the podcasts I had um, we talked about uh, the costs involved and everything, and it's fucking frightening. Oh yeah, it's it's horrible. I mean, I, I think the last time I checked um, for a plane ticket was. And it was from JFK to Johannesburg, and obviously it's not a straight flight. You got to stop somewhere. Yeah, probably um, the UK or something. Yeah, probably L- London or something. Yeah. Yeah, Heathrow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, you have to stop there, and it's like I, I think the ticket came out to like almost ten thousand dollars a person. So it's like so in order for us to come to South Africa, it would be about forty thousand dollars total with tax but round trip, mind you. Yeah. So yeah. Five thousand dollars each way. Um but yeah it's it's Fuck, very that's that is a massive expense for what would be actually little to no return. Yeah, it's well, well again it, it's one of those things that's why we talk to people that's why yeah. you know if anyone uh, 
it's all about spreading yeah. the word, isn't it? And, and getting the, the message across and, and I, I can Absolutely. see, I can see why you, you're, you're not hell bent, but, but hell bent on uh, eager to do um, physical distribution. I, I find, um, I love holding a CD in my hands or, or, a, or a vinyl. Absolutely. That's what Absolutely. I, that's, I, I miss that. I miss there's so many shops that, that around here where I live on, on the West coast that have closed down that were, um, you know, CD stores and, and, and so on. And it's like, yeah. yeah, just like you were saying earlier, switch on fucking Spotify and, and play whatever you want to play. And, and you don't have to pay a fucking cent. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I'm in two minds about that, to be honest. Well, here, here's also a thing, too. Like, take the music aspect out of it, too. You know, just from a simple branding aspect, what's going to do more for you? You know, are anyone... Yes, we have the internet. We're all connected. Um, you know, you go online, you see a logo. You see the rider skull. You see the other thing. You know, you'll probably think, oh, yeah, that's cool. You go about your everyday life, do your thing, do whatever. But what's going to get you more traction, you know, looking at your logo online or being able to sell the merchandise overseas mm. and have your brand there where you see someone wear, wearing a rider t-shirt in, you know, in, in Johannesburg. Yeah. It's like, well, what's what's going to do more for you? Because for me, I would think the physical shirt would do a hell of a lot more for me because then at that point, it's something tangible. It's mm. not an online thing. Now it's tangible. Now people can see this and be like, wow, that's cool. Where did you get that shirt? And then it just, the, the dominoes fall from there. And it mm. just... Okay, well, uh, James, um, it's been awesome to chat to you, man. It's, um, I, I must thank uh, Catherine from CJC Promotions PR to, uh, to allow us to have this conversation. And uh, your album, Killer Karma, is fucking awesome. And, it, and it's out everywhere, right? We can get it online. It's out everywhere, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon. Um, you, you can even, if, if you don't want to pay for anything, you can go on YouTube and you can stream the record, and I'd, I'd still get royalties off of it. So, <laughs> Rad. I'm gonna I'm gonna put um, a hard time on my um, Talk to Trev um, playlist on Spotify. Uh, that's definitely nice. gonna go on my my, um, my playlist with all the artists that I've had a podcast with. But James from the band Rider, thank you so much for taking the time to chat to me and and uh, give me the lowdown and what's happening in New York and all the funny stories and and. <laughs> Forty-five minutes and fuck no! I need I need I need ten hours and forty-five minutes the way I'm feeling right now. <laughs> yeah, my, I need my second cup of coffee. So it's just a little after, <laughs> a little after seven a.m. So I, I don't know when, when this is airing, but uh, you know it'll be on uh, it'll be on Friday. This Friday coming. It'll be on this Friday. All yeah. right. Well, uh, you caught me early. Saturday <laughs> and hey, we were set for two o'clock South African time. You wanted to do it early, so you know you've only got yourself to blame, man. No, hey, listen, I'm not complaining. I'm, I'm just, hey, I, I was up. It was one of those things. I, I was actually worried about waking up because I, I, I set an alarm. I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna wake up because I was actually gonna wake up around this time. Right, and then you know to to get ready to do the interview, you know, yeah. with, within the hour, and it was just like I, I ended up waking up. I think it was like around five thirty in the morning wow. this morning, and I was just like, oh, all right, I'm up. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's let's do this. <laughs> 
James, awesome to chat to you, man. Keep well, be safe, and um, let's do this again when you've got something new on the horizon. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Awesome, man. No worries, man.